Yo, 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 what up, baby? Oz here in the studio again. This is an episode of Football Without Hesitation. And, man, it finally happened. But, yeah, anyway, we're going to talk that. Like I said, we've been talking a lot of Monterey Bay FC. We're going to keep doing that. But also, a huge San Jose Earthquakes news. So we got to break that down. Got to talk about that. A bit of time has passed now. And, and yeah, so we'll get into that. Two weeks away. Oh, so close from Monterey Bay FC starting their their home campaign. Cardinale Stadium is going to open up. Oof. Oh, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. But anyway, yeah, we'll get into a all that stuff and how they're doing, how what what we can expect once they, they come back home or come back home. Once they get home for the first time, they've been practicing here, but they've never played a competitive match here. So that'll be fun. But anyway, right again, the big news right now in the Bay Area soccer world is Matias Almeida and the San Jose Earthquakes finally parted ways. It was getting pretty embarrassing right at the right there at the end honestly for both i, I know almeida's a really stand-up guy and uh, he's i've always felt that he's been honest and there has been some issues you know with the lost in translation type things um i think sometimes he comes across you know in translations as as like rougher you know around the edges or something or like more He's just a very honest, direct person, and and I guess sometimes when you translate it, it comes across not as comes almost mean, meaner. Is that is that a word? You know, but, but anyway, but but at the end there, you could tell Almeida was just so over it and was just doing, just trying to poke the bear, trying to get it to to get you know do something. Let me go. If if I'm not the future, if you're not going to spend money on the team, then just let me go. Just why? Why continue to suffer for another season? You could just start your your rebuild now. And yeah, and it, and finally they did it. So finally they, they came to some some sort of agreement. Matias Almeida is on his way out. He's rumored to go to Greece, a team in in Greece. And I don't know. Good luck. Good luck to him. I. It was fun, man. It it was fun. It wasn't con- there wasn't consistent success. There was very little success at all. But it it was it was those very entertaining three years and seven matches or three years and five matches whatever that we had and and fuck that was after years. I I think not not that people forget you know but man you you have no idea when not, not only did did you have a roster that is not as strong as some of the other teams but then you you have coaching decisions that again you didn't know what the quakes were going to be at least with with Almeida even though it didn't work you knew what the hell it was going to be this again this season I don't know what the hell was going he was just again he was just pushing buttons just trying to trying to get a rise out of somebody but for the most part for the for the previous three years you knew who was going to play where you knew what they were going to try to do, whether it worked or not. Again, most of the time it did not work, but you, you knew what they were going to do. You literally didn't know, like before you had no clue. You didn't know what the formation was going to be. You didn't know who was going to play in what position. And it was a goddamn mess. So that to me was, was what the refreshing 
one of the refreshing parts of Almeida's tenure is that even though it didn't work, it, you didn't have to worry about, again, a, a completely different roster going every match in different positions and then just no chemistry being built. But obviously it, it wasn't the future. It wasn't going to work. And you can see now that the national media, you know, whatever whatever little national media there is for Major League Soccer is really pointing the finger at, at the ownership group, at, at John Fisher. And I would have to agree. I've I've said it before. I've said it a, a thousand million times. I mean, this team to to that to him is it's just a, an investment, and it's such a great investment. You don't have to do shit. It's growing on it on its own. He already paid. You know, I mean, I mean, and dude, dude paid the money. You know, he he and he took a big risk, a big financial risk. Personal, I don't know about personally, but his businesses when they brought the team back and built the stadium. But but because of the the other teams busting their ass, the Austins, the LAFCs, the Atlantas, you know, be, because of those teams coming into the league and working so hard, the Seattle's, you know, going getting to Concacaf final, those teams just just because of how how the, the the league is one entity, they you know because those teams value goes up the quakes value automatically goes up as well there's no risk of them getting kicked out of major league soccer (laughs) that they could only be in last place which there is no penalty for that in major league soccer for being consistently in last place there's a wooden spoon that, that the supporters comically like to pass around but that's that's not there's that's not a reason to that would force fisher to change his ways and then again, if you go even deeper with the, that Coleman Highline development that that's getting built around there, I mean, if you not only own the team but you own the stadium and the land that the stadium is on, and and that, that development again, you could look it up. That, that development in itself, the the office component and all that is already an award winning development. So all. Not all, but a bunch of a bunch of tech businesses want to be there right by the airport. It's a it's a hot ticket, office wise. So even that would would just increase the value because the stadium itself, the land, is going to increase in value. Which because again, it's all tied into the ownership group that it makes the team more valuable, even though they're not successful on the pitch. This is all like. I don't know. I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall because I've been saying it for years, and and it, it's it's obvious. Nobody's trying to hide any of this. There's no no like nefarious dealings. It's all out there. And then, dude, but what bugs me even more, and fuck, fuck, dude, I I had a, a backpack stolen at the at the dam at PayPal Park one night, and it had a notebook in there. And I'm telling you, I if you. Because the San Jose Earthquakes, again, John Fisher is the owner, but it's Earthquake Soccer LLC is really like the business group that manages the team. And if you look at the fucking, at the board of directors on there, every single one of them is either, was either in a, in a fraternity or, you know, like some kind of college connection with John Fisher or an, a separate business connection. Like some of these people, like they own a bunch of, of forests up in in northern california and ah, there was one dude there's one dude there's one sports guy on the board of directors and i mean you could easily find it but 
there was one guy who's a local sports dude, and you could tell he he's the only guy that doesn't really have any seem to have any personal connection other than he's been working with John Fisher in sports for a while. So that's the guy. That's like okay, that's that's probably the one voice that's like, dude, <laughs> this is this is not how we do it. But anyway, you can see that board, and it's like none of them are have a sports background. None of them care. Or none of them seem to have a reason to care. They're all business people, and that again, their big reason for caring is financial. If the team was in danger of seriously losing money or losing value, not losing money, because I don't, I don't think the team makes money, but losing value. If the team was going to consistently start losing value. The, that's when these people would really do something to protect their investment. But at, at the moment, their investment is just growing and growing and growing. And, and okay, then uh, some, a couple national writers and some fucking out of, out of strange ass podcasters uh, talk shit about them. But that, that, so what? So fucking what? They, they, they live in, in such a different world. They probably, I doubt, it even gets to them. They they live in in such a different place. So so why why change? I I don't get it. Like why why do that? Just just so several thousand people can be happy and say, oh yeah, look at that. Our owners are really are you know they they really care about winning. Fucking care about that. Those people have already won. Those people those people are are mega mega millionaires that don't have no idea what a lot of the people that go to the match, the regular people, what life they live. So that they have no idea what it, what that team means. They have no, no idea what it, when you go see them and they win and they're successful, that means something like to them. It's just a, a part of their portfolio, but a, a fucking football team. It's, it's, it's really different. I mean, America has a the United States has a very very rich sports tradition. We 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 know this. We do teams like the Lakers and the Celtics and the San Francisco Giants, the Dodgers, you know, Yankees, Red Sox. There are these teams that that are just deeply deeply embedded in the community and that mean more. You can't take the Boston Red Sox out of Boston. You just fucking can't. Like there's no that's not a business thing, you know and what I'm and and that that's what these owners have to see is, is that I, I get it you know for them it's part of their portfolio but really for the thousands of people that go I know it's the Bay Area so it's kind of different a lot of those people are pretty middle class but a, a lot of you know even it's so expensive around there even middle class people aren't as well off as one would expect but uh, again there's no reason to do it. They're not going to listen to this, and and their heart's going to start beating, and and they're going to be like, "Oh, that's fucked up." I I forgot. I didn't know that these people really. Care. I don't give a fuck about that. That's not the life they live. They probably can't even that concept in their mind. They, they, they can't. They can't make sense of it. You know, like they they live such a different life. And again, and really, there is absolutely no reason that I see that why they would change the way they're investing into this team the a's are a much older 
much more historical, much more deeply entrenched in the community team, and, and they're they're treating them just as disrespectfully. So I would assume that if they're going to start spending or changing their ways, they would definitely start with DAs, and they're not going to. So if the you know, and then the, the quakes are behind that. I don't really know where I was going with that doom and gloom soapbox to talk. I guess I, I would. I mean, I'm not saying that there's no light at the end of the tunnel. I'm just saying it's a fucking long ass tunnel, dude. It's a long ass tunnel, and it and you can't see the light right now because it's 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 a windy tunnel. But there is a light, you know. There there will you know this. They can't own it forever, <laughs> right? Right. Oh shit! Can't they? Because right now, again, I don't see Major League Soccer putting in some kind of mechanism. It's not that the San Jose Earthquakes are, are embarrassing the league. You know, that it's a pretty competent. It's, you know, a lot of those players will could be starters. Several of those players could be starters on other MLS teams. You know, it's not like it's not like they're completely skimping out and just, just throwing any random people out there. I was say they had Chris Wondolowski, but damn, if you read, you know, some of the, the uh, athletics reporting, they said that they wasted Chris Wondolowski's career. And I was like, ooh, shit, somebody said it that has clout. <laughs> Not just a little podcaster in Salinas. But, yeah, dude, and, and that's what's unfortunate. You know, it, it can be good. I, I, I like the, you know, what, what they're doing with the being internal because the, the, the front end – in fact, I, I hope, and again, I don't fucking, I doubt any in the front office or anybody listens, but I, I hope that like when I, when I call out those, you know, the people I just called out was the ownership group. Again, not, not the, not the actual front office people that are at the stadium working every day. Those people really give a fuck about the team, really care. And there's some really dedicated people and those guys are fucking awesome. And those people really know the league and with even a small budget they can they can do some stuff they, they, they can make some moves and you know so okay we can't force the ownership group out but all right let's see what what <laughs> where's the silver lining in this where's the silver lining and the silver lining is that the the San Jose Earthquakes front office again the the more day day to day people they have a lot of really good experience a lot of people that have been not just in the league but with the team itself for a very long time so again now it's one of those things where it it sucks you know it, it really you you would you would love to be at, at at one of the at a seattle type team that is just woof, that looks like they, they definitely want to be a, a world you know in international level type club but but whatever you love the sport you love what you do you're, you're gonna do the best with what you got and at least, you know, right now, you know, or before this with Almeida, it, everything was kind of weird. If going forward, if you're like, fuck it, I know they're not going to spend a lot, but what can we do with that? How can we maximize that? And I, and I think the San Jose Earthquakes have a lot of great people in the front office that once they know, again, what, what their limit is or what they they can do or what the plan is they can execute that plan to the best of their abilities and and this won't be a last place team consistently it's a bunch of ifs for the rest of this season it's going to be on alex covello i doubt they'll bring it you know might as well take as much time find the right person 
Alex Covello's taking over as interim manager for now. He's the, he was the manager of Quakes 2. Which I mean, that was pretty cool. A great time to start a <laughs> great time to start a lower division team is um, when you need a manager quickly. So he, you know, he was trying to implement, I'm sure, the Quakes way down there, and and now he could do it for the the end of the year here uh, and see what can happen. The assistant coaches, man, this is pretty exciting. Wando, dude, Chris Wondolowski announces one of the assistant coaches. That's exciting. I mean, I had mentioned this on the podcast before, but on top of the the great ability, the great player that he is on the pitch, a big part of, you know, from being around here, you would always hear how much of a motivator he was in the locker room. So it it was inevitable that either he would be with the San Jose Earthquakes or somewhere else coaching, but it seemed like that's exactly where he was going. And check this out. A couple years after retiring, now he's an assistant coach with the San Jose Earthquakes. That's an amazing story. I just like, I love that. And then the other two assistant coaches are Steve Ralston, who was an assistant coach with the San Jose Earthquakes from 25 to 2018. He actually was the interim manager at the end of 2018 when they fired whoever was fired at that point, whatever revolving carousel of managers had an exit at that point. And then also Luciano Fusco, who was previously the head coach of the U15s and U17s. Most recently, he was Covello's assistant with Quakes 2. That's cool. I mean, this isn't, you know, you didn't sign somebody just sitting on a couch somewhere. It's somebody, you know, four guys that know the team, that have been with the team for a while, and know what, what the, even, you know, with a new manager, that they still know what the long what the long-range goal is. So, yeah, so good, you know, that's as good as it can get, you know. I'm assuming that they'll get a little bit more conventional. (laughs) I don't think we'll see Jackson Ewell on the back line anymore. And they have a lot of work to do, man. They have a lot of work to do. The Quakes are currently 0-4-3, 11 goals for, 17 goals against. So, yeah, that, that goal differential isn't the worst in the league. That not only is that goal differential not the worst in the league, those goal that goal goals for eleven is also not worst in the league. So it's like okay, there's something there, there's something there. You know, again, a more standard formation, knowing what you're going to do week after week, that's going to help a lot. Then the roster's still still pretty decent, still pretty decent. So so we'll see, we'll see. Uh, Seattle Sounders, <laughs> shit. You want to test? You want a real test? Seattle Sounders coming to coming to PayPal on Saturday, seven thirty o'clock o'clock, seven thirty or seven. Um, and we'll we'll see. We'll we'll see. The expectations are low. The expectations are are very low. This this you know nobody's thinking that all of a sudden this is a playoff contending team or that or that they should be headed that way. This is probably not going to be the permanent coaching group. So it's just it's just all about again maximizing whatever's left of the season. It, there's not we're seven matches in. There's seven matches in. There, there's twenty was it twenty seven left? Twenty seven matches left. Come on, come on. You you could still you could still do something meaningful. We'll see. Speaking of a lot of matches left and doing something meaningful, Monterey Bay FC 
the union dude you know what i'm I'm saying it here first man i've been thinking about because i can't go union especially here i talk about major league soccer and i mentioned union people are gonna be like talking about philly talking about monterey bay and even they were like oh that's not our official slow mascot because it's obviously not a mascot but they said that's not our official name it's just just a, a name that we want to use but the, you got to call them something you got to call them something you know the lions or oh, the the five stripes you know you need a cool nickname like that here's my here's my idea here's what i'm throwing out in there i'm going with the canners huh? you like that shit yeah i'm from salinas but Monterey's famous for fucking cannery row and they used to can you know they really used to can shit they used to can sardines and other fish there so there used to be a bunch of canners so i'm calling them the canners so anyway the canners <laughs> one five and oh i mean they got that on the quakes they have one more win than the san jose earthquakes one five and oh 13th place dead last in the western conference it's been a tough road trip it's been a tough road trip it's again It's all been on the road, six matches, all away, um, all over the West, and it's it's wearing on them. It's wearing on them. There's been injuries. They had 16 16 players suit up against LA Galaxy 2. 16. 18 is is what the fuck you're supposed to have. And then, you know, you have 18 and then six other guys that didn't even fucking make it to the 18-man roster. These guys couldn't even get the 18. And again, that's not making fun of them or whatever. It's injured. It, they are injured, and it's the first season, so you don't have an academy to pull from. You don't have anything. That they signed a, a keeper on a twenty-five day loan. It's a real test. The Monterey Base FC has been tested, and they've bent and bent, and uh, I mean they've broken a couple times. I would say then this last week they lost three to one to LA Galaxy two. That sucked. I really, really wanted to talk shit about LA Galaxy. <laughs> it, and I mean, dude, it's it's what sucks because with Monterey Bay, I don't want to be like, oh, you know, it's not that bad. I they're so simple. You just do this, and it's all fixed. But it's there's just one spot on the pitch that it's so glaring, it's so obvious, and they know about it. Everyone that's been watching it, we all know about it. And it's in the midfield. The midfield, they haven't had been able to find that consistent person that could be that that destroyer, you know, that person that stops the opposing team's attack and then can quickly turn it around and, and get that going. James Murphy has shown some potential in that. But it, it looks like, you know, the the big signing for that was, was Robbie Crawford. I, his, you know, it took a while. The visa issues, you know, he's he's a Scottish dude, so it took a while to to get him here. But once that was figured out, and you you saw where he played, and you're like, oh, you know, it's obvious. You know, we see that. You know, they see that as well. And this is the guy, and he plays in the U.S. Open Cup against Bay Cities, and I I was there. I got to see him, and I was like, fuck yes, this is this is the guy. That that this what he's doing right there is exactly what what we needed. He's going to really help, at least, you know, on the defensive side. <laughs> the teams aren't going to be able to come fucking with speed and numbers uh, through the through the middle of the pitch there. And then the first fucking match, he gets a red card. He gets a fucking red card. So he's not available. 
And I don't know. They showed one one quick replay. I don't know if there was more angles, but I saw one. And yeah, I mean, his arm was way the hell out there. And I don't know. I mean, it could be, you know, because the camera was lower than him. It, it looked might have looked more exaggerated or whatever. But it's it's hard hard to argue that, especially when you're so close to the goal. But it fucking sucked because it it took him out. It took him out of our lineup. With only minutes, we've only saw him for for freaking several dozen minutes. So at least it wasn't an injury, you know. So he'll definitely be back in this next match that they got. Monterey Bay has a bye week this week, but then they'll be back against San Antonio FC on April thirtieth. So we'll definitely see Crawford then. Who else will we see? I I don't know. You know, I, I there's. There's so many injuries, you know. Seku Kone, a mate, freaking golazo, golazo header against LA Galaxy. And then several minutes later, he comes off injured again. So I don't know how serious that was. He was walking off on his own power. But will, will Kone be available? Will Will Arun be available? You know, who... You know, you don't know, and and that makes that makes a big difference because, dude, Seku Kone, Arun, Basuljevic, they they were stalwarts. Is that is that the term? I don't know. I want to try to be all fancy and shit, but they they were they were in the roster day or week in and week out, and and they were playing great in that in their positions. Then they get injured, and everything's going to shit now. So um so and and again and that's not to say that whoever stepped in is not is doing a terrible job it's just no they're just being asked to do something that that is really impossible at the moment yeah you know, with with the amount of players they have on the roster dude and then Hugh Roberts Hugh you know you you have those midfield issues they're coming at you crazy Hugh Roberts has been a stud on the fucking defense all year I know they've been giving up a lot of goals but there's two two matches or nine nine goals are in two matches, you know. So the, those two matches and one was that very first match ever. That first half was just terrible. But Hugh Roberts has just been a stud on the defense. But again, but because they're, they're coming at him so fast and with so many people, he's getting pulled out of positions. He's he's having to defend in places that he's not comfortable defending. And look what happens: double yellow gets a fucking red. So he won't be available, and you know, add that to the to the pile of injuries or you know, people that aren't going to be available for whatever reason. But you can't blame him. You can't blame him when you know he's he's played in the league before and he's already you know in the six in the five matches previous. It's it's pretty obvious he, he's not a dirty player. You know, he's not going out there to hurt somebody. He was just being pulled out of positions, and a lot of that is again that that midfield is just it's a big hollow spot right now. And they have to do something about that. They 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 can't they can't keep doing that because it doesn't matter if they got the home field advantage or not. When teams come just are able just to walk through the middle with numbers and just set up shop on your side, it's not going to be a good day. It's not going to be a good day. So yeah, so like I said, they do have a bye week this week, but next week, next week they play San Antonio. San Antonio is currently third in the Western Conference, five one and zero. We'll see how they do this weekend. Probably that's actually a good match to to look out for. I don't know who they play this weekend, but San Antonio, I'm sure, plays on Saturday. San Antonio has three clean sheets on the season, dude. Six matches, three clean sheets. A clean sheet every other match. That's fucking... They've only conceded four times this year. 
modern, you know, the canners, canners are going to have a whole extra week to rest up, you know, so they're going to be as healthy as they have been in a while. You know, you're not going to have Hugh Roberts, but that that's a defender, you know, so your offense is really going to be tested. You're really going to test your offense, and if you can get a couple goals in or if you can somehow break through this this defense in San Antonio, then you're feeling really good coming back home against Las Vegas the week after that. Man, and that oh, man, we're getting so close. We're getting so close to that, and we'll talk more about that as it comes up next week. For now, again, San Jose Earthquakes, Seattle Sounders at PayPal Park on Saturday. Monterey Bay has a, a bye week, but yeah, see who's that. Check out San Antonio. See who San Antonio plays, and yeah, and and, and you can see what are what it's going to be like. They play San Antonio. Actually, plays New Mexico United Saturday at six p.m. So yeah, if you're if you're sitting around your computer with that, stream it on ESPN Plus. Anyway, I'm going to go home, get something to eat. Thank you all for listening. Oz here. Football without hesitation. See y'all later. Peace.